back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we smash apart the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute chunks so we can analyze them in scrupulous detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Road to Infinity podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco, and my first car was a 1979 MGB. I don't even know what that is. It's an old British Roadster convertible, okay. two-seater. All right. I had the rubber bumpers. They stopped making them in 1980, so I had the second to the last year. When I had this, I was a really cool kid. My my uh, gra- grandfather uh, helped helped my dad and I. We got this car. It was awesome. Um, it was amazing right in high school. But my other one of my best friends in high school had a restored Volkswagen Beetle. Okay. And I thought it was the one of the coolest things too. Not yeah. as cool as my car, but I liked my car too. Um, he had this restored Beetle, and it was gorgeous. I mean, it was completely it had been redone from inside and out. Absolutely amazing. It would be incredible if you could find <laughs> near mint condition Volkswagen Beetles today, especially since the current Beetle is out of production now. That's right. Volkswagen has moved on from that. If only there was a place <laughs> that was making old Beetles until just maybe you know, 15 years ago. There is such a place. What? And it's Brazil. Oh, no Brazil. way. Does that yeah. happen in Minute in 19? This one, yes, we're actually going to what? see one of those very Beetles in this shot. That's amazing. It's amazing, right? Ah. In Minute 19 of Louis Leterrier's 2008 Incredible Hulk movie, which is what we're here to talk about. So, the commandos are closing in on Bruce. He has managed to elude them by ducking into Martina's apartment. He said, uh, but thank you. He said, thank you. He's on the cheek. Uh, and then, so he's off on his own now. And he doubles his MCU disguise by then pulling a hood up over the hat. That's the mistake. You think so? I think that's the mistake. Okay. I think he did not put the hood up over. He would have just sauntered away, and that would have been the end. Because that's, that's what I thought. That's okay. what I thought was going to happen. That yeah, because it seems like because I happens. mean, obviously, it's a busy, crowded area, and like we're we're trying to figure out the exact time here. We figure this is around dawn, like that people are, are sort of up and moving because it was there's a lot before. going on at dawn. There's a lot going on, yeah, but I, I couldn't exactly figure out because because right. like because they wouldn't be they wouldn't the kids wouldn't be out playing if it was you know eleven midnight, you know that kind of late. So I yeah, there's we, a little we, bit of weirdness with, more, the, yeah. with the timing, but yeah, no, yeah, I mean that's what happens. So he goes running down, and then as he comes running uh, down the steps in the favela, we see a beautiful beetle, uh, like a a maroon uh, beetle that he passes by. It's gorgeous, and that's why I joke. I mean, it's it's something that I think when you see this and you're looking at this movie minute by minute, this is one of those things that pops out at you because you Mm -hmm. just go, well, that's a beautiful car. That's a classic car. There's a whole story about this. Beetles, for those of you who knew this, in parts of South America and South North America, the Beatles' production of that style, of that sort of like uh, 60s body frame, that production went far longer than you probably think. Mm. Um, Mexico, I think they were making original Beatles and microbuses as late as the mid-90s. But this one, the interesting story about the Beatle, and again, seeing this in the scene is is completely part of the the culture in, in Brazil. They started producing these as early as 1953. They would import a lot of the parts from Germany, but then by the 60s, almost 100% of the parts content was made in Brazil. Wow. Literally, there were just four parts they had to bring in from Germany with like a combined value of a dollar. <laughs> so the, literally, the Beatles in Brazil during the 60s and the 70s, and, and I think they were kind of built, parts of this stuff was built all the way to like 2006. I think the engines were one of the things. They were building these in either as vehicles or even as kits as late as the 1980s. And it's this style. And their style is a little bit different because the side beams on the Beetle, I think they got narrowed as Mm. the production of the car continued. This is just a gem in this scene because (laughs) 
yeah, that's absolutely something you would see. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. I, I, and I believe this was one of the location shoots, too. So, I mean, I think oh, that probably isn't. I mean, that wasn't like something in Toronto that they brought in. Yeah, they I didn't, they didn't address actual, this. This is not no. a set. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, this is actually like really shot in, in Rio because they did a lot of exterior stuff in here, too. Bruce comes running around the corner and he turns and looks and just happens to lock eyes with the leader of the commandos, Emil Blonsky. What are the odds? You know, but it's the same thing. Like you're looking through a crowd and like it just happens. And it's like, and he immediately goes, oh yeah, I'm just a guy just walking around. He like turns and looks away, but Blonsky's on to him. Because and why? Because he knew he was looking like Because I'm just a guy with a baseball cap and a hood on. <laughs> well, he also had the picture. Yeah. yeah I mean, was, but he knew he, because that's the thing is Bruce doesn't know what any of these guys look like. But all these guys know what he looks like. Though. So as you're looking around, so like, hey, there's a bunch of guys. In- oh, crap. Hey, that's interesting. Group of guys dressed all in black uh-huh. carrying guns. Yeah. Huh. And, you know, but in that, in that one second, <laughs> no, like in one or two seconds, we've, we've all, all been, been there. there. <laughs> right. It's just like, oh, that's just the exact person I did not want to lock <laughs> oh, eyes with. And that's, no. of course, who you because it's just that natural response. And then and they play it really immediately, well. Immediately, Emil he- is on to him and. He plays it. Tim Roth plays it, too, because Tim yeah. Roth is just kind of doing the whole, uh-huh. and that's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> scanning, scanning, scanning. I mean, like, this is their job. They are, they are manhunters. This is what they're they're good at is finding people. So then immediately they go, go, go. And even Ross back in the, the command van, screaming, go, go, Man go. and van is on the move now. <laughs> we get to see them uh, running then, basically. So it's, the rest of the scene is basically just running, running, running. Uh, one of the things that I, I found was neat as I listened to the commentary is that that um, Louis Leterrier likes to use whoever is around on the set. So he'll like, if you're, I mean, even if you're just not doing anything, he might bring you into something like that. And so one of the things he did is Tim Roth's double uh, is a guy named Patrick Mark. So Patrick Mark is a, is, a, is a stunt performer. And so he got him involved. And so when they're doing all of the running through the narrow corridors of the favela, he actually strapped him to the back of a motorcycle and it gave him the camera and like so that's how they're getting all those really tight shots in there is like there's a like cameraman is like on the back of a motorcycle the motorcycle is driving either towards the actors or away from the actors as they're working those narrow streets and like that guy must have had like nerves of steel to Absolutely. be like driving a motorcycle down those tiny tiny narrow you know carrying pathways. an $85,000 camera right? as well <laughs> and if he drops it then that's it for the day Jeez. like <laughs> oh, okay well that's pretty cool i wonder how yeah. that how does that work with your uh, your labor unions and yeah, right. production, right? Know, well, like, whether when you're that far away and you're in the in the deep in the favela in in Rio de Janeiro, dude, we just need you to do this. Yeah, Can right. you do one for the movie here. <laughs> right, <Come> exactly. On. <laughs> That's great. So uh, in the in the we see the the chasing Bruce runs through a football game, uh, and there's also a like a group of people like a uh, making music off to the side there right. too. So steel he drum disrupts the game and it gets hit by a soccer ball, I believe, as he runs through, and then the commandos immediately run through after him. What I did um, appreciate about this scene is one him running through this very closed area where they're mm-hmm. playing. He just sort of just puts his hands up and he puts them his hands up in one of the most awkward ways ever. <laughs> they're like yeah. crossed over each other, uh-huh. right? Just like ah, it's like it's like the it. start of the degeneration X. Yes, no. yeah, kind of no, but he's, he's 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 totally got his hands like just like he's doing some interpretive dance, right? <laughs> he runs through and if you watch this scene, you do have to see it frame by frame because it's yeah. funny. But what I really love is the reaction of the extras. Yeah. When he runs through, the, you know, he's obviously just interrupted the game. They're just mm-hmm. like, "Ah, whatever," because this happens apparently. Sure. 
when the team comes through with uh-huh. the guns, That's everyone like, immediately oh, goes, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> They run for the hills. Like, like oh. it's immediate. Yeah. Like, you don't usually get to see extras react so well. No, yeah, it's true. Uh, like this. So here, here's an opinion question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think Bruce knows where he's going? Do you think he already had a route planned out of escape should this kind of thing happen? Or is he running blindly? In this minute, there's really no way of knowing. I'm just curious what your opinion is. No, I think he's running blindly because he takes some big risks mm. as he's just evading these guys. Yeah. Two, his only main concern as far as the character's motivation has got to be, I have to got to get to a place where there's no people. Yes. Because if my heart rate goes up. If, if this goes all downhill. And the big guy comes out. Right. I need to be away from innocent people. I need to, I need to avoid hurting others. Yes. I think, again, this stays with the character. Mm-hmm. Very noble, very noble understanding of this character yeah. early that's on. The, that's what I love about this is that he's running away from them for their benefit. Exactly. Right. Yeah, like he's like he, the reason he's running away is not to save his own skin. It's more just to save all of their lives because should something happen. And I still would say I don't think he he knows specifically where he's going because okay. where he ends up going doesn't well, well it kind of makes sense because it is a place where there's nobody there right now, but that's yeah. not that wouldn't be always the case. That's true. I don't think this was his initial plan. Okay. All right, so he's running blind. Right. And we see uh, the van is closing in, too. So Ross is coming to their position, too. So he's uh, there to provide support, too. Uh, and so as we're getting through, they're, they're gaining ground. They are catching up to him. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're getting really close. And we see Blonsky get, pulls out his weapon. He, he lines up a shot. He's about to take Bruce out. And the minute ends. Two things about this. One, in them catching up with him, there's a great shot of one of the commandos doing an awesome jump down like almost like missing a flight of stairs. Oh wow! So he so so he actually just he just does he just leaps over instead yeah. of taking the one one story flight of stairs he just leaps over it. And they're awesome. all dressed the same, so it's hard to know who yes, that who it was. Is. Yeah. But kudos because really looks great. Yeah, and it's for a half a second of screen time. Yeah, and it looks awesome. Great stunt work on that. Yeah, no wires. That's not. <laughs> That's just that's yeah, just that's right. amazing just pure, athleticism. Right. I mean, way to go. Yeah. Now, this scene, when we end this minute, this is crazy because it's, he's down this narrow walkway. You can see him running. Right to his left is a civilian. And we end minute 19, right, as Emil is, I think, is going to either kill the civilian yeah, or, or, yeah, or, 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 or trank the civilian at yeah. this point. We don't know what happens. We don't know what happens. We'll have to wait. We'll find out in minute 20. Oh, my goodness. I know. How's your wardrobe looking? Well, I think we can help with that because we actually have Marvel Movie Minute and the next real inspired clothing. Or even we have mugs. We have all kinds of stuff. You can uh, find what you're looking for at our online store. Head to thenextreel.com slash merch and find cool stuff with our logos on them. And the logo is, I mean, for this, it's fantastic because it's us. Yeah. Like you it's see actually us, us. Yeah. And, we, and we look legitimately scared. <laughs> well, I was, I was trying to channel my inner, inner Edward Norton when I was thinking about that. I don't know what I was doing. I was scared. But I mean, yeah. No, but you you should definitely check those out. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, We will be back for minute 20. I hope you had a smashing good time. Until next time, true believers. Bye. Bye.